from Crazy Sunshine Podcast, episode 147? Seven. I'm your host, Steve. Your host, Johnny A3.0. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to talk about uh, Full Metal Panic, Invisible Victory. All right. And also go down, uh, you know, the winding down, Darling and the Franks. I believe it's episode 22 we'll be talking about this week. Okay. Uh, before we get to that, though, Johnny, uh, how was your week? I was good. Yeah? Did you do anything fun and interesting? Well... No? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. no, uh You play more of your Xeno games? <laughs> no, not really. Because oh. I've been lazy again. Oh no. Um but I did you know what happened was I was gonna do it and then I was perusing stuff and I I saw a show that came back that I had forgotten was dropping last week. What's that? That would be Luke Cage, season two. Oh, so how's uh I'm so far behind in the Marvel Defenders stuff on Netflix that I have no idea how well the first season of Luke Cage was. Oh. How was good. the second one? It's good. Yeah? It's good. I think I they... heard the villain's really good. Yeah, no, and they definitely corrected, the, I think, the problem they had from the first season when it came to villain-wise. Because, like, I really liked the first season. Um, they just, they, were, they made some interesting choices with what they did villain-wise that I feel like hurt the villain side of the show like the the hero luke cage is great i think everyone around him is pretty good like they they all like i enjoy the characters um so i've been i've been enjoying that that's been one of the things i've been watching uh i know i said i was watching voltron i still haven't finished it yet the current season even though it's only six episodes so i don't know why i haven't finished it but you know whatever i'm lazy uh well you know life johnny Life happens. Life happens, or you don't want it to end. Is that, is that what it is? You're not watching it because you don't want it to end? I think I don't want it to end, especially because it's going to be like... The, uh, I might be butthurt if it ends the way it's trying to end. Like The I, end of Voltron, you'll be like uh, those commercials with Sarah McLaughlin with the animals. Right. I will remember you. Correct. <laughs> but will you remember Voltron? <laughs> True. But I I, ha- I did take solace in the fact that I was like, man, it feels like it's going to end too early. You know, if it doesn't, like, this is the actual last season, like, it's ending too early. But I really looked at all the seasons. Like, if you put it all together, it's 50 episodes. I'm like, that's actually pretty respectful <laughs> when you get right down to it. So it's like, that would make sense that this would kind of be the end of that road. Yeah, that makes sense. But uh, I've, I haven't actually watched a lot of the Voltron. Right. Not on purpose, just I just haven't. Nothing against it. Something I actually, you know, want to dive into one day, but... right. Um, just, you know, so much stuff, so little time, you know? No, there's a, there's a lot of stuff out there. I feel like I was watching something else, but I can't quite remember what it was right now. Oh, you know what? I watched Cloak and Dagger. That was another thing I was watching. Oh, on the on Freeform? No. Well, it's on Hulu. Oh, okay. So you don't like, have to watch it on... But it's an ABC Family show? Yes. Because it's Freeform. Yes. So is one of them have a disease? Don't usually... No. Don't they usually have, like, cancer in all those shows on uh, Freeform? Oh, I don't, Somebody I don't, has to have I don't, cancer. I don't know anything about Freeform. Have to be living their life. Well, no, you know what Cloak and Dagger is, though, right? Yeah, it's a Marvel. Yeah, that doesn't... No. It's got nothing to do with it. <laughs> I was just it. curious, you know? No. No, it, this is about Cloak and Dagger. It's actually a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Because I saw Freeform, and I saw kind of what Freeform is. Freeform I was is like, bad. And I was like, ah, I don't know if this is going to be good. But then I was like watching, I was like, this is actually pretty good. That's yeah, so a Cloak and Dagger, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was actually highly... Tune in, watch Cloak and Dagger, people. Yeah. yeah, they're up to... The last episode I saw they had on Hulu was four, so I... 
Sounds like my baby is uh, having an issue with my mom or maybe one of the dogs. I don't know. <laughs> with her mom, not my mom. <laughs> I'm not here. It's one of those days. I, w- I woke up today super early, Johnny. Oh, really? And I went to bed super late. Okay. Just uh, one of those grandparenting things, you know, they get to do where it's like, oh, the baby doesn't want to go to sleep. Oh, it's like 1130. Oh, I want to get up and it's like five. Right. I don't care if you're not, if you're tired. Uh, I finished uh, the latest season of uh, Food Wars. Okay. Um, I ended, it ended in a place that made me feel like I wanted more. Right. Because they're just starting the uh, kind of like the grand um, team Shokugeki. Right. And they just got through the first round of that. And that's where they ended the season. And I was like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't believe that's where you ended this. Like, it makes sense. And I understand what they're going for. But after all the stuff that I'd really enjoyed about the season, they ended just like there. I was like, oh, what a letdown. Like, like the whole point was to get us through this tournament, I thought. So. I well, guess the, the the new season will open up with the tournament. Well, I feel like they... I wonder if they're going more for quality over quantity when it comes to episodes. Well, I'm fine with that, actually. Like, I don't mind it. I was just kind of like... I really wanted to watch the, the Shokugeki, the whole Shokugeki, and they were going to end the season with that, is what I was hoping. But it is interesting that they started because, like, I just wouldn't have started it. I would have left it off with them heading for it, but not start the actual, like... Well, they they started it. They showed uh, who won the first round, and then it kind of gave an explanation of, you know, what to look forward to, like kind of like the impending rounds and things of that nature, sort of thing. So I was like, okay, well, I see what they're going for. It just seems really silly to me, like to end it there, because I don't think, I don't think the next season of Food Wars is until what, like the fall or maybe even winter. That would about make right? sense. So it's just kind of a bummer they left it there because there's still so many questions I have that still are going to be resolved as they go along. And I'm like, all right. I think that's more of a, just a selfish reason for me, you know? Right. Makes sense. <laughs> um, and then I've been watching a little more Tata Never Falls in Love. Okay. And I've been enjoying that a lot. A lot of the things we foreshadow seem to be pretty obvious as to what happens. Um, but there are little little twists and turns in it. And uh, I've been enjoying their photography because they're all taking photos all the time right and it's been kind of fun some of the little trips for their photography and then kind of like each character's photos and what they represent of the character so i'm like oh these make a lot of sense like like i kind of i like how they tie the photographs into the character and their personality and stuff so like that part of it's been enjoyable and you know it's i think it's in a little more serious place in the story right now so it's right. not as like com- comedic driven but um it's been fun i've been enjoying it um so and I looks like episode 12 is supposed to be really good. So um, I think I'm on either nine, maybe or 10. I can't remember how far I got into it. So, um, but then I slacked on real girl this week, Johnny. So I have no real girl talk. Oh, that's okay. I need to actually just finish it. Cause I think it's done now. Oh, okay. Well, I, I need to just get back on. Number one, I, had to, I think I'm on episode nine. Okay. Yeah. I think I'm either, I don't know if I'm on nine or 10. I think I'm right around there too. Um, but you know what else I watched, Johnny? Ooh, what else did you watch? Um, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. We probably shouldn't talk about that. Well, no. Because you know I've watched it. Oh, well, actually, I've... I've watched it. I've had it on for my daughter recently, but I haven't really been watching it myself. It's kind of weird when you catch only bits and pieces of it. Right. Because, like, right now, I don't know where it is other than... There's these girls trying to, the some of the ponies, the fillies are trying to get their cutie marks, and they have the cutie mark trio the or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and they're just like they're horrible characters, 
And I'm like, oh, man, this is so sad. Like, they make it so obvious what their talents are. Right. And yet they don't, uh, like, listen to what their talents are. I'm like, I can already tell what your cutie marks are going to be, guys. Let me let me tell you. Oh, really? <laughs> that's what I said. Oh, because I, so, I feel like you're, you're going to be wrong. Oh, that's fine. I hope but, I am. But more because more because they they kind of go around that it make it actually when you see it it makes perfect sense. Do you think they're actually do they actually show them getting their cutie mark? They actually do show them get their cutie mark. Wow, how far in is it? Like pretty I, far. Do I gotta watch forever. Season probably six. Oh jeez, I don't even know where I am. I was I don't really want to watch that far. No. I kind of just have it on. I have it on for the baby. Right. Every now and then I'll watch it with her, and I'm just like. I, I don't quite get some of the stuff that's going on here. Well, like, one of the episodes, 33, actually has a really good song in it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. No, it's it it opens with the song. It's like Smile. But oh. I enjoy the song. Like, I think it's a really well done song, so. All right. Well, and you know what else I watched? <laughs> Full Metal Panic, Invisible Victory. <laughs> yeah, you didn't think I respond, did you? Uh, anyway. No, so, no. Invisible, I was just, you know. Right. I was toying with you, Johnny. I know. And I, I took it I took it more serious. So Full Metal Panic, Invisible Victory, is the fourth season of the Full Metal Panic series. Uh, the first season, Full Metal Panic, came out in 2002. So this is, uh, what, 16 years old yeah. now? Um, but and you can, the, when was the second raid? Uh, the second raid came out in 2005. Yeah, because so even then it's still been like thirteen years. Yeah, they said it's been a long time. Yeah, because Full Metal Panic came out in two thousand two. Yeah, Fomofu, which they considered the second season, came out in two thousand three, and then Full Metal Panic: The Second Raid came out in two thousand five. Okay, and then now we've got Invisible Victory coming out in twenty eighteen. So, Full Metal Panic is a series of what war? What would what would you say the series overall is based on? Like. Well, the series based off of, uh, I feel like, two... Like it, you basically follow you follow this group that's kind of like... Um, it's almost like a UN-ish like, fighting group. Yeah. Like, because it, they've always said that they are backed by several different countries all at once, but no one knows who they are because they never say it. Um, and they Would you say they're kind of like a, a shadowy shield organization? Yeah, sort of? in many ways they would be like shield. Like if you wanted to compare them to something, yeah, they they'd be like Marvel Shield because their whole purpose is is to protect the world uh, from their aggressors who they deal in in uh, whispered, which are black, which essentially is what they what you call black technology. People who have access to they are able to essentially access a part of a part of. Uh, I don't want to call it black history. It's like, um, I'm mixing the idea, but it's essentially, it's like, it's like, you know, you can access a world that allows you to see technology that shouldn't exist, but you can make it exist because you, you actually understand it. And so like, that's what it feels like they're doing is like the, the whispered are able to access this higher, like level of, of, uh, thinking and, uh, problem solving and they use basically their techniques, and I know I'm mixing, butchering this, but they use whatever the technique is. Uh, they they use that knowledge to make things in the world that shouldn't exist. So, like in the original Full Metal Panic, they make comments in the fact that they have like giant robots running around. Well, they say these robots are at least ten years ahead of their time, if not farther down the road. And they said the only reason why they exist at all is because someone who's whispered was able to access that knowledge that they shouldn't have. 
And that's kind of the, the whole thing about the whispers. Is the whispers have access to knowledge that, you know, some might say are for, it's forbidden or whatever, but it does allow them to build all sorts of crazy technology that shouldn't exist in the world, but it does exist. And Mythal is a group that's trying to keep that under control. Um, one, they're trying to protect the whispers who are appearing, you know, throughout the world in order to make sure that they... Um, that their abilities don't fall into the wrong hands because there are there's a there's a group that's an aggressor group that is also going after these whispers because they want to basically my my assumption is you know rule the world, uh, so their their whole goal is to get as many as whispered as possible, um, and they've been capturing them. I mean, because what the show opens up initially with a girl they capture, and they are saving they're working on saving the girl from this group who is like, they're like running away. And so they do save her, but they never really comment. Like, I don't think she died. Yeah. Like in like the original. The second, yeah. I feel like the second raid comes back and mentions something about her. Was that what it was? If I remember correctly. Yeah. They're kind of, um, what I noticed in, in, in the opening, like parts of this, uh, of a uh, invisible victory is there's, right. there's callbacks to previous seasons. Okay. You know, there was things that you could see just in flashbacks. They right. weren't very long. But they showed you like the original lady right. from the first season. They showed you some stuff from uh, the second raid. Correct. I don't think there's any Fumofu stuff in there, which makes sense because Fumofu is more of a lighthearted take on the Full Metal Panic series. Right. Um, but basically, you know, you have um, Mithril. Yep. Fighting other outside forces. One of those outside forces is uh, what Almagam. Almagam, who happens to be run by her. So, so the, the the captain of Mithril yep. is uh, Tessa Tessarosa. Yep. She's, what, 16? Yes. She happens to be one of the Whispered. Correct. Um, and one of the things that they do in the first series is they basically um, gather a girl named Konami Chittery. Correct. Who is also a Whispered, but she hasn't really, like, tapped into her Whispered powers yet. Right. Like, she's not awakened or whatever. I'm not sure if that's the right term, but... You know, uh, she has I, think, a, I think awaken makes sense. Okay, so she hasn't awakened to her powers fully yet, and so they basically are in charge of um, keeping track of her and kind of like protecting her from those outside forces. Right. So to to do that, they put in super soldier, super teenage soldier, yep. Sosuke Sagara. Uh, Sagara is a just like he was. He's a child. Soldier. He's a child of war, yeah, basically. He, it's all he knows is war. Right, because they explained something about his parents at one point. Well, yeah, and how he became joined to Mithril, how, uh, you know, there's a bunch of stories there with some of the past seasons yeah. of the series. Yeah. So but I kind of just wanted to, Talk you know, more about Invincible Victory. Yeah, but I wanted to give everybody kind of a background okay. if you didn't know about Full Metal Panic, who's who. Who's who. Like, the main players are Sagara, Chittery, uh, Tessarosa. Yep. You know, there's a few other minor characters who also are kind of like plot points, but... Uh, for the most part, those are kind of the main three characters, is what I'd say. Yeah, because I was going to say, the only other one who would be important was her brother, who was introduced a little bit later. Yeah, he wasn't introduced to what, Second Raid? I think the Second Raid, but he is important. Yeah, and that he's... is, uh, what's his, uh, Alec? Is it Alex? I, I don't know. I'll Sorry. I'm like, I know it's oh, Leonard. Leonard. Yeah. Leonard, uh, Leonard Tessarosa, or who, Leonard. <laughs> right. Who is, I don't, he's, doesn't, he's not really necessarily the lead, he's kind of the leader of the, the group who's, who's. But he's also whispered. He's also whispered, like it says. But he's using his powers for basically the the other side. Yes. And so you know, in this in this, they'd be considered the enemy. But I'm not sure who's really wrong or right in this. I think it really depends on what they're trying to use their powers for. 
Well, you know, like, are they are they trying to use their powers for evil, or is it a threat against the world? Is that basically what they're so what the, they're di- well, dictating? Well, if you look at the things that they they they're doing and the way that they go about it, they are definitely the aggressors, and they would definitely be the enemy because they're not giving you free will. They're not giving you the choice. Mm-hmm. See, Mithril doesn't need isn't trying to make Konami Chittery like use her powers to help them. Because originally, now, mind you, they did want her to come with them and just leave her life. And she didn't want to do that. So they, you know. They, yeah, it's they... like she's, it almost feels like Konami's trying to, uh, through most of this, is trying to live a normal life with powers that, you know, you can't live a normal life with. No, I mean, an invisible. I think vi- that's part of the struggle, too. Well, correct. An invisible victory, I think, is kind of, is bringing that out, that she, She's having to accept that she's not normal. She's not, and the life that she lives is not normal. No, it, it, like, and that it can't be normal. Correct, because they don't have they don't have choices. Because ultimately, in order to try to meet her her wishes, they've actually had to do a lot more yeah. than they would if she had just done what they wanted her to do in the first place. Yeah, and so, um, basically. This season opens up with, um, well, it's kind of more of a typical thing. Like you know, they're yeah. kind of they're kind of bad guy comes in. He tells, you know, Konami. he tells Konami, you know, hey, this is what up. You want to come with me, or do you want to start a war that'll burn the city down? Basically, Correct. do you want to see the the, the world torn apart? Uh, you know, you can leave. I'm not going to join you. You know that sort of thing. There's always been kind of a, I don't know if I'd call it what a, uh, there's been kind of a love. Between Konami and Sosuke, that's kind of uh, well, the, it's mean, kind of developed through the series. It wasn't right. there right away, correct? Because we know but, that that Tessa loves Sosuke. Oh yeah, yeah, we that, know that. That's too. a clear state, stated thing. And Konami has never really been sure about her feelings because sometimes she'll she'll be like they'll be friendly, and other times it's like she'll see the other side. Well, she's very sindure. Yeah, you know. she's very Sanduri, but it's. I think sometimes when she sees the other side of Sosuke, the actual like, because she forgets that. He's... Well, yeah, and like what I thought was interesting. Um, so in this one, you know, they're they're so basically they start off at school. Yep. They're at the student council meeting. Okay. And the outgoing president says something along the lines of, you know, I won't be here to help you anymore, you know, to solve your problems, and that's going to probably turn people against you. Right. Because of his attitude and how he's kind of. Uh, you know, um, he's so military minded, right. you know, some issues at school and the way he's done things have caused problems for the school, but nothing where anybody's got hurt at school. Right. And so they've kind of, he, the, the president, the student council president has kind of been able to, to talk to school and the people out of, you know, turning away from that and kind of like, I don't know, um, like a blind eye towards it sort of thing. You know what I mean? I mean, also there's the money issue. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, but if the, when the president leaves, he won't be there to like support him anymore is what they're saying. And so he's kind of like, you know, uh, basically saying, you know, you've got to figure out what's, what's going to happen. Like, you know, he, he, he's kind of alluding to the fact that Chittery is kind of the source of all of what's going on. Right. You know, and that, you know, either you you have to stay with her or you're going to have to leave her is kind of what he alludes to, I believe. Right. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about it is actually they give a ma- like they've always kind of hinted that the president really does know more, a lot more about what's going on, up to sure. including like he may have more of more of a hand in what's going on around them than they realize, because like, 
yeah, he's strong, like, when it comes to the other schools and stuff like that, but it seems like, secretly, maybe he has, he, for all I know, maybe he does have a connection to Mithril. Like, and that would, that would not surprise me. It always seems like that, but they never, like, say it or call it out, so it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, so basically, the whole, whole setup is that, uh, you know, they, uh, you know, Sagara and Kaname, holding hands walking home and yeah. she's like oh you want to come up and eat and he's like sure you know and as he goes upstairs that's he gets a sense he goes in and there's uh leonard yep who with is basically with that yeah, with two robots and basically saying hey you know this is this is our warning to you you know join us now gather things and come with us or you know we're gonna light the city on fire basically right because and she said she didn't want to go so you know they basically have to put up with with the, you know, the ramifications of not going. Yeah, and so, like, the funny thing is, in some respects, just to go back to why this all happens the way it does, is there are comments made that she is she is doing things in math and science that are completely ridiculous, and people are like, she's obscenely smart, right? And they make comments about her being smart. Yeah. And it seems like, up to this point, the other group has not really gone seriously after her because her powers haven't really manifested, but now they're making it sound like she may be something they've never seen before. Potentially, like she's on a level that they're not even used to. Like she's that higher level whispered, and hence why they're all of a sudden very interested. Right, in they, her. they have now turned it into like they like we will kill people to get to you, and drag you, you know, drag you kicking and screaming with us. Yeah, and if and it felt like um you know the setup for the episode was them holding hands going there right, yeah. and I felt like that was them basically living in a fantasy world. Because the world they live in isn't just the happy holding hands, skipping home from school sort of thing. Right. Like, you know, Chittery's got these amazing powers. Sagara's a soldier. He's killed people. He He's kills killed people. Lot, he killed a lot of he people. He kills people in this episode. You yes. see them. You, you don't see them graphically get blown up, but there's a guy who's just blood you see on the windshield of a car. And you're like, yeah. that guy's dead. <laughs> there's oh, yeah. no other way to say that. And it's like, it's like Konami doesn't want to face reality. Is what it feels like a lot of this of, the, of this uh, these episodes. Which you know she's like, oh he's hurt. We got to help him. And you know as they're trying to escape from right. So yeah, you know, in, the se- in the second episode because the first episode they basically that was got, just the setup. Right, they got cornered. Yeah, uh, and so they're sitting in a they're sitting in a car because uh, Sosuke like has no choice. He calls for backup. He calls for help. And there's we, just issues with sunspots that have broke down communication throughout the world, basically. Right. Um, we know that Tessa Rosa can't communicate with, uh, the base in Australia, I believe. Yeah. Right? Because, be, because basically they make a comment and then Mithril comes under attack and not just a small attack. Like this is like, this is like war. This is a, a an attack on, on a, a heavy war. scale. And it's, there are things I want to say, but not right now. Okay. Uh, so, well, they have to fight off. The, they come at him with behemoths, which you've uh, recognized from the uh, second it, season, right? Right. right? This is No, this is the first season, actually. The first season is when they fought Cause the Because the, remember when Tessa Rosa shows up. I forget when they fought the behemoth. I thought that was second rate. That was the first season? Yeah, in the very first season, they actually fight it was the behemoth. At the it's end like of the epi- season, though, right? No, no, no. It's episodes like... Is it in the middle? I feel like it's 10, 11, 12. Because it's the second major major action that happens because remember Tessa like has this thing where she's she won't say she's jealous and she's uh, a little bit annoyed you. that Sasuke is spending so much time with Konami Chidori got it, got it. but uh, she you know so then she goes to visit uh, and like that's when he's always freaking out about it and then uh, I think they actually try to, that's when they try to kidnap her 
Got it. Got if it. I remember correctly. No, I, I think I think you're right. It's been a while since I've watched uh, yeah. any of the the previous Full Metal Panic stuff. I mean, um, I remember pieces of it. Correct. I remember you know how they took the Behemoth down last time, and yep. you know. So and it was not easy. No, it wasn't. It, it, it took wasn't a lot easy, of work for them to take it down. But in this one, they have three behemoths that yeah. they're that they're fighting against, and they basically need to basically go out and distract them and buy enough time so that they can get the uh, what's Lam- the name of Lambda the, driver? No, no. The um, what's the name of like the sub, the submarine they're trying to uh, the t- ship to Tetha Dalan. Well, basically, basically they need a team to go out. Distract it's, the behemoths long enough right. and hold people off long enough that they can get their ship in a they're, they're in sub ready. ready to go, so they can you know leave the island, abandon the island that was the base. Correct. Um, I mean, and they do make they do make comments <laughs> about why because while while so- Sosuke and uh, Konami Sosuke Sosuke and Konami are are fighting in Japan, uh, the people of Mithra are fighting on their island. Which they do make a comment about the reason why they can't get help is because their island is um, really by itself. Yeah, it's a secluded island. Well, so that helps to explain as to why for some bizarre reason, even though you would think that Mithril, who is this huge organization, would be prepared for anything. I do mean anything, right? Because... I'm kind of questioning, like, a little bit about, like, how this whole plan is working out. Because it seems to me, like... I know Mithril's never been, like, had a lot of, like, working soldiers. Because I do know they have other bases described around the country, or around the globe. Now, it sounds like they're saying every base is under attack all of a sudden, at once. But I, I think my one... The one thing that I did... I was thinking about was the fact that, number one... Behemoths are not easy to make. Yet there's mysteriously three. Yeah. Right. So that I feel like part of me calls a little bit like maybe they pushed it a little too far. Like just in that respect. Like because otherwise you're making it like you make it seem like this the villain the the enemy that they're fighting either a has unlimited resources which I don't believe um, because it seems like the way that they're acting is they, they only have a limited amount of time because it's like when they're attacking in Japan, the thing I don't understand is like they're attacking all these people. These attacks aren't being hidden. They're doing this in broad daylight. So my thing is, where is the self-defense force who should realistically, you should start seeing, because you see cops like guiding people, but you would think that they'd be more interested in like what else is going on because you hear explosions, you see all this stuff. Why is the self defense force not active? You know, going active, because this this if anything else, what you should be seeing is the enemy being like, we only have a limited time to pull this off. Like either we're gonna get her, or we're not gonna get her. Um, and if the city burns, the city burns. But whatever, you know, like that's kind of like the the thing. But it seems more like they're acting like they have tons of time and they can do whatever they want. They just get away with it. Yeah. So I mean, it, they they set it up so that Sagra can get picked up by a chopper. Yep. In the chopper, they put what the uh, Argobla. Arm, arm blast. Arm blast. Um, so that's his, uh, what, his mech? Yeah, that's his personal. Uh... Wanzer? Not Wanzer. I'm mixing. That's a different series. That's a totally different series. Uh, that's Front Mission, I think. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyways, mech. We'll just say his mech. His mech, I don't remember what they're called in this. There's a special name for them. Didn't they have AT fields? Isn't that like a big part of the series? They have Lambda Driver. It's a Lambda Driver, driver which, right. which creates something like an AT field. Okay. 
Sorry, uh, Itchy hits. Field is what I always remember, but I know that this was not it. Yeah, it, but it's all right. I mean, um, no. So basically, he has to take get Chittery out of there. They've got what, like eight eight human, you know, with guns, and then you have three robots. Yep. And then there's a cool car chase. Yep. Uh, and then they go to get go to the drop zone, right? To to meet up. Yep. Um, and in in that time frame, the uh, the carrier, which was coming in, crashes. It, it, it actually takes out everybody. It, it takes does. out all the... Uh, except for the guy who has the rocket launcher. Yep, except for the guy with the rocket the guy, launcher. The guy with the rocket launcher survives this. He blows it up. Uh, and then the arc blast uh, like, communicates with Sagara, Sagra, right? Well, yeah. It, it, it does open communication. And Sagara, who is the primary pilot, responds. Yeah, and so and he's able to get out, take the guy out with the rocket blaster... And at that point, they receive a what, communication in regards to their friends all being held with bombs at their school. Yes. So that's kind of where they leave leave off the what the second episode, or is yeah. that third? I don't know. Well, all kind they, of. Well, so the, oh no no because they never really <laughs> remember it. So they skip back to the island. That's for the true. Third episode. That because that's in Tokyo, and then they go back to the island. The island they got to take down the uh, behemoths. They come up with a plan. Some guys sacrifice their lives. They, uh, you know, you take down the, one of them. You mean the guys that they introduce at the beginning of the episode, uh, the end of, like, I think... Well, I feel episode. like one of the guys was introduced in one of the previous series. Well, the, the I think the, the lieutenant... Yeah, the one that he saves Mao. Yeah. I'm and pretty sure that guy was. The other guy was a mercenary. He even said yeah. he was a mercenary. Um, you know, and originally he was trying to, uh, you know, Effect. overthrow uh, Tessa and... Tess came down to talk to them and say, hey, you know, if anybody wants to overthrow, I'm right here. And I'm going to shoot, and I'm gonna shoot them. <laughs> that was actually really well done. I enjoyed yeah. that part. Um, and then basically they go out. They take down one of the behemoths. Uh, the island's still under attack. How much time's left? They flash back to Tokyo. Yep. And in Tokyo, it's like the setup for uh, Sagara and Chidori to... They're preparing. Well, they're preparing to go save their friends. Well, it's like they come to an understanding with each other. About yeah, and this part was like, you know... You know, they're they're basically like, I love you, but I'm scared of you. Right. Well, and no, Chittery's scared of Sasuke because he's a killer. Right. He's killed. You know, he's a, he's a, he's killed hundreds, probably. Yeah, right. hundreds. I can't even say dozens because I'm pretty sure it's hundreds. It's got to be hundreds. And so that scares her, and he's scared of her because she's whispered, and she she's an unknown quantity. Yeah, and, and he's and honestly, for what it's worth, you know, he sees all these other, you know, he's seen an enemy whispered. He doesn't know if she's all of a sudden gonna. You know, switch, switch is going to flip and she's going to turn evil on him. Well, yeah, and he's been around him. He knows what they're about. And right. So he, you know, he has um, the experience to be wary, yeah. to be worried, you know? Correct. So it's an interesting, you know, um, conundrum. It's a, di- a dynamic. I mean, yes, yeah, a dynamic. Of course, I'm like, Sosuke, give a thought to Tessa. Otherwise, it's no fun. You're, you're taking the fun you, out of the You ship. can't really give a thought to Tessa right now. <laughs> he's like, I got to survive this first. Yeah. <laughs> You know, maybe Tessa, maybe they'll have a lighthearted part, but it, it doesn't feel very lighthearted in this series so far. I, I do feel a little bit like, I don't know yet, but it feels like the, we might get a little bit of lightheartedness because I feel like this one is kind of, in some respects, they're trying to, they're trying to write the stories that he wants to write. But I think maybe someone also realized that the second raid was way too dark for its own good. Well, if they're gonna have any lightheartedness, I think it's probably gotta happen after the war. You know what I mean? Right. Like the because in the original series, 
they had the lightheartedness sprinkled in between the like harder war stuff. Right. And so if there is any lightheartedness in it, it's got to come after like the war. Right. And so they're in the middle of the war right now. They're not going to have the lighthearted stuff in there. Right. Because you could have a break. I mean, the interesting thing about this is I didn't know, like, if you look at some of the first episodes, there's a 4.5 and an 8.5. Right. Because I was just perusing like episode and I'm like, okay, so are these going to be like your joke breaks where like. You kind of take a break from the action, and then you go. You know, you have maybe yeah, side stories of things that were going on, like behind, you know, before all this happened. But since I haven't, I've only watched the first three episodes. I don't know. No, no, no. I understand. I, I like. I'm just saying. Like, I was just perusing the numbers. I, I didn't watch anything else. I just, I just looking at it, and I, I find I note that because we're so far into the season now. Like, it's. I think this is only twelve. Yeah, I think it's only twelve. I think it's only twelve. And I was just I'm just noting the fact that it does have a four point five, it has an eight point five, which I find very interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um if we watch those down the road we can kinda of come back and yeah. talk about them, but uh, it, it you know, it right now it very feels much like the war parts of the series. Right. And and you know, it's been really well done. Um there's CGI in this, but the way they've done the CGI for the most part, except for the opening, the very beginning I didn't like that CGI, where they do the swoop down and then across like a plane or whatever. Right. When they show the um, the mechs. Right. The mechs come out well. The mechs look like they belong in the world. And yeah. that's what I appreciate. As long as the mechs look like they belong where they're supposed to be, right. it doesn't distract for me. It's when they throw something in and it's like a totally different art style or it looks totally like it doesn't belong where it is. That's when I hate CGI. Right. Because it's like you've had all this time to do this. Like God Eater. God Eater is a great example. Right. Like the CGI in God Eater is horrible. It like it, it the the uh, monsters in God Eater um, don't look anything like the characters. Like they they don't exist. Or uh, a recent example would be uh, Golden Kamui. Kum- uh, yeah, the bears. Yes, the bears are unnecessarily like CGI'd to look like they don't belong with the rest of the characters. Right. It's like I don't know why the designs are so off that they. They can't belong in the same world. I, I think for what it's worth, in that case, what maybe I'm not gonna say this is what they're trying to do, but if I if my head I can think of because they consider these like demon bears in most cases well, not the second not the I take it back, the second one not so much. That's why it was weird the second one was like this. The first, it wouldn't if they just let the first one that way, it would have made sense because then you're treating it more like it's it's outside of reality because it's you know, because it's eating human. Yeah, but they don't the, the problem is, is the wolf looks like it belongs in the right. world. And the wolf is also CGI'd. So it's right. like they've got to be consistent with their CGI. That's all I'm really asking for is make right. a consistent effort with your CGI to make the the palette, you know, of the or the character designs look like they belong in the world that they're in. Otherwise they it looks very phony, and that's right. what I hate. Well, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, the one comment I do have about their CGI is um well, two comments. I like most of it. I'll be honest, the car chase for me was a little bit jarring because... Were you, when you're, were you when seeing you're initial I? Initial eyes. Initial D? <laughs> initial D? No. Um, it was more that from above and from certain angles, it was fine. But when they showed like down the road, like the houses are very CG. Like oh, that, that whole gotcha. scene is really weird because... It looks like it's being played on a computer. Yeah. Like you're playing you're playing a computer game and, and it's like but the funny thing is when they show the characters on the inside everyone looks normal yep. like it was just for some reason those lo- those pan shots it just it looked like very unfinished um 
Like, it was almost like they, they, they just never really finished the CGI for that part. Whereas, like, the cars and stuff like that were all done, but the rest of, like, the background wasn't really done. Um, yeah, I mean, it kind of gave you, you know, the, a good starting point to get back into Full Metal Panic. Oh, yeah. Um, it introduces you to both sides, kind of gives you the conflict and what it's about, um, and doesn't tell you too much, but gives you enough to kind of know where you're going, or at least where you where you might be headed. Right, and it, it gives you the feeling. And there's a lot of action. Like, this has been a whole lot of action in the first three episodes. It's like, geez, there's a lot of action. <laughs> now, I will admit that I fell asleep during, like, the third episode. <laughs> so the funny thing about There wasn't that, enough action? No, it was just I was just tired. Um, but I, I was watching it, and I realized, like, the part that I missed was really more, like, kind of, like, the setup part of the action. So, like, I, like, missed, like, from, from like, three three minutes to, like, 11 minutes. So when I popped back on, it was right around the time people died. No. <laughs> oh. It was just funny because the first guy died. And I was, like, and I thought about it. I was, like, I need to go back and watch this. And I thought I was, like, no, I don't because I already know what happened. I really had to wonder. Like, it, it's, you know, they'd already talked about they were working on trying to, to come up with a behemoth, like, um, the strategy to the distraction, strategy distraction, the distraction, the first distraction failed, and so the what's his name Spec, right? He uh, sacrifices himself so that Kurtz gets another shot. Right. And these are all just soldiers, uh, you know, that are taking out Behemoths. Correct. Um, and so he was able to, because of Spec's sacrifice, able to take down the Behemoth. You know, right. and that's what allows him to do it. Um, and the other guy sacrifices himself so that Mal can live. Because I knew Mal wasn't dying. Right. She, she's been around way too long for her, them to kill her right now. And now they're setting up that potentially Weber might die. Maybe, but I don't. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think he'll die here. I think if anybody dies, it's gonna be um, what's the lieutenant now? Um, uh, is that his name? Yeah, I think it's Colin. the guy with the mustache and the white hair. Yeah, because the older guy, because he's it looks like he's up to something. Like he's, yeah, he's I'm not fly. sure what's going on there. Like, is he? Is he join the other side? Like, what's going on? Is he trying to figure out a way to get everybody out of here? Does he, he have something up his he sleeve? He won't let her die. No, I know he probably I won't mean, let her die, but it's very confusing, like, what, what his plan is. So I'm just, I'm not sure what's happening. I feel like... I wonder it, if he's going to, like, make her safe passage so she doesn't die, but he has to give up everybody else in order to do it. You know, something like that could happen. That That is a possibility, because it's like... If he thinks that the possibilities are so low... That the only way for her to live is to sacrifice everybody else. He'll do it. True, because so. her life is more... Her life... Because he and, and what Marmaduke, right? I think, yeah, I think the, yeah. The, the two. They will... Her life is more important than anything else. Yes. Be, and I think partially it's because she's young. They yes. don't. They do not want her to die. Like, they, they go through great lengths to keep her safe. I mean, but also she's a whispered and she's very powerful. Right. She's, she's a whispered. She's powerful. But they also really come off as, like, the fatherly type. That's like, true. It's true. I think like something ha- like even in Fumifo, like yeah, they, they have that moment where like Marmaduke or whoever, someone says something, he's like, "What?" <laughs> and then it becomes they're like, "Oh." Uh. <laughs> but um, yeah, overall, I'd say it's not bad. It's a good way to get you back in. Right. Um, what do you think of the music? Did you like the opening and the closing themes? I do. Actually, I did. Like, I don't think I took as, as note of them as I should have, but I did like both. I like both of them. I think I think Full Metal Panic and Fumofu both have better opening themes. Probably, but I don't think this is a bad. They're bad opening. Themes. These are not bad opening themes, but in the series, I don't remember the second raid opening, so I guess that's not that memorable. No, but I remember. 
I think the first one's like with that. Right? Isn't that the? That's not Fumofu though. That's the. Wait. Where's that Fumofu? No, no, you're thinking. No, I think it's the ending of Fumofu. Is it? Or the opening? Oh damn! I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to them now. There's a. Those those were great, and I think these ones pretty good too. Um, but yeah, uh, what would you rate it, Johnny? Uh, I'll give it three sunspots out of five. And uh, I, the Wild and Crazy Kids scale, I'd probably give it just five cools straight across the board. Right. I mean, I'd probably give it four, uh, four arm blasts out of, out of five. What would you give it on the Wild and Crazy Kids scale? Probably one awesome in four goals. Yeah, like, I don't feel like anything... There was a little bit of detraction with the CGI. Right. Um, But I didn't feel like it was overpowering to the point where I was just like, oh, this is horrible. Um, yeah. And, I, and, and the music's great. And the story so far is progressing. You kind of know what's going on. Even right. if you haven't watched the previous series, you kind of have a good... You have a decent idea of who the players are and what's going on. Right. And I think, like I said, my one, like... And it's funny because I, I, I'm not going to give it a bogus for this, but I just, I really, like, I'm one of those who's definitely, like, because up to this point they never indicated this enemy should have this much power. And, like, they're throwing out, there's, like, a lot of, like. Well, they may come back and explain it at least. Well, no, and I, 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 probably I, I hope they do. Like, like there's probably some dark country that's been supporting it the whole time or, or something. I don't know. I'm just. Right. I haven't mean, watched it yet, so we don't know. And it could be, like, maybe they're, like, it's been, th- they've been. Sp- uh, storing this up for 10 years all but then it'd be like all to go after one girl that seems a bit much <laughs> if you really think about it um but it is if it's also to crush mithril if it's if it's kind of like a two-prong attack like they're trying to crush mithril but you know they can get the girl at the same time like more power to more power to you type thing then i would like i would actually understand it but yeah i think that was the one thing like if they had like maybe one behemoth and maybe like an unfinished behemoth that they were using, then I would have been like, oh, okay, that kind of makes sense because it's like, you know, they can't really build behemoths because otherwise you're like, well, they can build like tons of behemoths like all the time. I'm like, how? <clears throat> but that's just me, you know. That would be the only thing. But other than that, like I said, I, I've enjoyed it thus far and I knew that I wanted to wait. Now I know why I wanted to wait until it was almost done before I started really trying to watch it because it's hard when you have a bunch of cliffhangers and you're like, Oh, you gotta wait till next all. <laughs> you gotta wait all. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I think this is a. I'm not sure about this series, so I can't recommend anything based off. If you like the old Full Metal Panic, I, I assume you like I this. I would actually watch Full Metal Panic and Fumafo. Yeah, be the two because it's like the second rate again. If you really like war, wartime type stuff, then watch the second rate because it does have really good like. Sosuke, I think, grows a lot in that. Yeah, he does, and there's some dark stuff. Yeah, but you know, um, but it's it is it's jarring if you compare it to everything else. No, for sure, it's not it's not the same as the the first two. Yeah, in 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 that sense, it's it's definitely a darker series. Um, but you know, it's enjoyable. Uh, I don't really don't really have anything I can compare it to at this point because we've only watched the first three episodes. And I don't know if it's the darker, you know, second raid type, or is it the you know lighter heart? You know, will there be lighter heart? Well, it's I, like I would say this if nothing else. In the second raid, it's almost always at night. Whereas this show is in the day. It's true. It's a good point. So, so the one thing they've already changed is it's like you can see everybody. Yeah, well, you know, if mechs are your thing and Full Metal Panic's up your alley, go check this one out. Yep. See for yourself. All right. Next week, we're we're switching gears. 
We're getting away from mechs. We're getting away from war. And we're going to Slice of Life and cafes. Mm. We'll be reviewing Roku Hodu Yotsuri Biori. And I probably totally butchered that. But let me read this information about it. The little synopsis here on uh, Anime Planet. Um, Our story takes place in in Japanese-style tea house, uh, Roku Hodu, which is quite popular due to the great efforts of Sue, the shop manager in charge of tea, Gree, in charge of, or Gray, I don't know, it's just G-R-E, so it depends on what they want to say. Okay. In charge of latte art, uh, Subaki in charge of desserts, and Tokitaka in charge of the food. Not only do they excel in hospitality for their customers, but they also help out with their worries from time to time. A series of endearing stories that take place in this heart-filled restaurant. Who will be their customers today? That's the synopsis. Um, this just looks like uh, it's been getting decent marks. doesn't seem like a lot of people are watching it. So we wanted to check it out to see, uh, you know, is it worth the marks? Yep. Is it, you know, is it a sleeper? You, you never know until you watch it. So we'll check it out. It's available on Crunchyroll. So if you want to watch along, you know, check it out there. Ah, well, we did our review. All right. Our weekly challenge. We got our next weekly challenge up. Now it's time, Johnny, for our weekly review of Darling the Franks. Franks. Ah. In the Franks. In the Franks. The Anime Weekly Review. Uh, Anime Weekly Review, episode number 22. Ah. So, Johnny, this week's episode, uh, I don't know. Last week, they left us on kind of a cliffhanger with uh, Zero Two just kind of like, I don't know, in stasis or something. Comatose. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. This week we see her and she's uh, still comatose, but correct bleeding <laughs> from her arms and stuff. Well, I mean she's fine, and then all of a sudden she'll get cuts from nowhere, and and Hero does not understand where these cuts are coming from. That's correct. Um, but I guess there's more going on in the series. Well, it opens up. I mean, like the episode itself opens up where we see. Uh, I couldn't figure out what they were like. So you see the the black little things flying off in the space, and then you see the giant uh, Strelzia Agos or whatever. The giant Strelzia, yes. the giant Strelzia that looks a lot like a centaur, Yep. Uh, fly off into space. So I was very confused about that at first. I thought it was getting dragged into space. I was incorrect. It is flying into space. Uh, because by the end of the episode, you better understand what the flip happened. And it makes more sense. So the black things flying off with it are Klaxars, because apparently at this point, the Klaxars have kind of... They stopped trying to kill humans, because uh, they're now focused on the, the verm? The var? Verm. The Verm? Yeah. They're focused on fighting the Verm, who are in space. Because apparently their space army is actually there. We don't... They never really say this, but we see... We do eventually start to see fighting going on. Um, yeah, it's outside of what? Mars orbit, right? Yeah, they're outside Mars orbit. Uh, we get the information we knew that Kokoro's pregnant uh, from the, the Nana 2. Yes, from the second no, Nana? No, Nana 7. Nana, Nana 7? Is she 7? She's 007, I think, right? Yeah. But she's definitely the, uh, she's not Nana. She's not their Nana. Not their Nana. It's a different right. Nana. It's the replacement Nana as well. Correct. Correct. Uh, and so then we, we have Hero who is, everyone wants Hero to do something for them, but he can't because he's focused solely on Zero Two and the fact that she is, she's unresponsive to anything he's doing, um, at all. Other than the fact that she's mysteriously getting cuts. So, like, he'll he'll bandage her, the, the cuts will heal, and then she'll get cut again. Um, and then there'll they'll be more severe cuts here and there, like, along her arms and 
and up to it, including eventually on her face and stuff like that. And he just can't understand what those those cuts are. Uh, then uh, with everyone else, they're kind of working on a, a farm because at this point they've stopped fighting. They don't because they don't. They're not fighting the Claxar anymore. They kind of like all their weapons are kind of just being left in in the hangars and stuff like that. Uh, and so they're out. Like all of the people are working on building a farm. Uh, so like the kids from uh, Squad Thirteen are kind of leading all this. It looks like, if I'm correct, because they they really there's no Papa. There's no one really guiding them. They're just they're just going by all the knowledge they gain from those episodes that. Uh, like what, eighteen, well, seventeen, eighteen, kind of in that area where they were, they were on their own. Yeah. So they're they're starting to do that on the rest of the land. Uh, things are going pretty well. Um, I'm trying to think, Ichigo and Goto are. What are they doing? Just... Um, they they kind of are working on different things. So like, uh, some of them are working on irrigation and trying yep. to get the irrigation system working. Uh, some have been working on like uh, what? Like Mitsuru was working on power or something. Yeah, there were the power grids, uh, the food rations, you know, yep. things of that nature. Um, and they're they're trying to grow vegetables. Is basically yes. what's going on. And so uh, they Goro went to request it from the Nana, who's like in charge now. Right, but she's useless. But yeah, she's basically under the 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 ruse of the Papa still. Right. And so she's like, "Well, if Papa says we can't do it. We're not going to do it. We're not doing anything without Papa's permission." And it's like, Papa's not here. You. He, you know that, right? Like, kind of turn his back on us. We kind of need to go out there. Right. It also seems like the um, the nines, for whatever reason, have been kind of sick. So the nines are sick more than likely because they need adjustments. Yeah. This is, like, there's a few shows that have done that where, like, it's like the idea is basically because they're so heavily, like, they were engineered. Like, and that's kind of it. The nines were engineered. And so they require a certain amount of probably some drugs to be insert, you know, to be... Uh, given on, on a regular basis in order for them to stay essentially up and running because, you know, they're, they're engineered, you know, since all the kids are engineered weapons in, in one respect, but they're highly, you know, they're more specially engineered than anybody Because else. they're clones of Zero Two. Right. So. And I wonder if they're connected to the whole Kalaxar thing, you know, because she basically, you know, she her mind's in the Strozia. Well, right. It's because she, you know, connected with all the Kalaxar by taking over for the princess. Right, so she took she took responsibility. So she's like the the Borg Klaxar, you know what I mean? Like right. she's the hive mind. Right, and so like I mean, and and that's the you know that's what we found out towards the end is the reason why she's getting all these cuts is when they figure out where they're fighting, they realize that the Strelzia is fighting in space and it's been fighting the whole time. And every cut they see is whenever the Strelzia gets hit, it affects her body, um, and. You know, since she, you know, they that that was the one thing they didn't understand. That's what Hero didn't understand. So, because Hero, like the whole episode, essentially, like other than trying to care for his zero two, is useless to the rest of the group. Like he can't, he can't focus. He can't, he can't interact with them. He's just, he's only focused on one thing. Even they're trying to help him, and of course, he's doing the classic like, I don't need your help, and that's like the thing that he shouldn't be doing because that's a dumb thing, like. You know, I mean, I guess it, it's that last teenage angst thing. Like, he's not, yep. even though you would figure at this point they would have grown, you know, he would have grown out of those sorts of things. Like, it is kind of like, like that part I was kind of like, eh, you know, you shouldn't really be here now. You guys have been through way too much for that to be the answer. It should be, you should be like, I don't know what's going on. You know, this is why I'm concerned. And just tell them what the what their problem is. Because they may not be able to help you the way you want them to help you, but they'll try. 
Um, but like I said, and then we like the when they mention Kokoro's pregnant, they do mention she can't pilot anymore. Um, so they're like, well, you can get an abortion. They talk about all this other stuff you can do, you know, but it's up to you. Right. And it was like, part but, of me was like, I was surprised no one said, no, no, she needs, you know, you need to keep it. Cause the weird thing is Kokoro doesn't really say anything. Well, no, she, cause she's, she's looking for somebody to tell her what to do. Right. She doesn't know what to do. Right. And at that point it's like, uh. Like, these are all just kids who don't know what to do, basically, is what's going on right now. Well, because... Because yeah. Mitsuru turns to, to Hero for advice, and, and and Hero's like, I don't know what to tell you. You know, like... I think... I think I was, they've always looked to Hero for answers, and he has done right now. Correct, because he's so distracted with his own thing. Although, I was kind of surprised they didn't just have Hero say what he you would think he would say. is like, like, I don't know what to tell you, honestly, but I'm going to tell you what I think. You know, at least like that, a minor thing, because they had gone through so much trouble to like push the idea of, you know, Kokoro was trying to, she wants to create new life. She wants, you know, to, she wants to help push the, the next generation, you know? Yeah. And like, why doesn't he just say what he should say, which would make sense. You should keep the baby. Right. She, she may not understand why but he's like, just don't. Does, does he really, the only problem is, is I don't know if any of them really know about pregnancy. Like, she does because she read that book, right? Or she did at one point. Right. But does... Did Hero see that book? Does anybody else know about that book? I think that's why when they said pregnant, they were like, what? What? They're all like, kind of like, huh? Well, but remember, but she made this huge thing about, like, going to the next generation, having children, having babies. So they may not understand what the word pregnancy is, but she kind of describes it a little bit. Yeah, well, it's funny when... Because I thought the same thing is that they kind of knew what she was talking about. And then when they they say she's pregnant, they're all like, what? What's this? Oh, we've got guys go away. We'll, we'll talk to her. And it's like. And then you never see the talk. You never see the talk or anything. And I'm like, the fuck was that about? <laughs> like, that was my whole reaction to that was like, okay. Uh, like, I don't know. That was super weird. Like, I remember when um, my brother got his girlfriend pregnant. Right. And he just didn't know what to do. And I remember him coming and talking to me. And it, it felt very, this episode reminded me when Mitsuru was talking to Hiro about it, you know, right. like, like, what do I do? <laughs> you know, like, what should we do? You know, that sort of thing. Because you're a teenager. You don't know what to do. And so that part of it seemed really real to me, which right. was, was great. Except for when, like, Hiro's like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, like, I was like, oh, thanks, Hiro. Thanks for yeah. not saying shit, you know. And, and I liked how Goro went after him this episode. But True. really, it was just Goro wanting to talk about, you know, what he thought. And then it looks like they found, you know, part of this episode, they're talking about using magma for everything. And they found out what happens when you use magma for everything. And then they because were it's, like... it's actually killing the planet. Yeah. And so they're like, well, what about, you know, well, you know, they find what Mistletine has, this, the... The um, original soil. Original soil, or, you know, so they could use that soil and cultivate it and hopefully re the planet basically is what it sounds like right. they're trying to do. Well, I mean, the one thing I, I did think, and, and this is not necessarily a knock, it was just an interesting thought. So they had said that, like, uh, the the planet wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't really inhabitable, like, or at least they, they imply that, that you can't use the soil to grow anything because, because you pull the magma out, you pull essentially the nutrients out yeah. of the planet. So the planet can't, give that nutrient back to the plants because it, it, it has no energy to do so. Yep. The only thing I was like just thinking about, just on a side note, right, is um is but when they went to the area where like the lab is with the kids, 
Which, mind you, we've never talked about this lab since, which I, I'm interested. I'm really interested in what's going on there as well. Uh, and I really do hope that they get a chance to go back. Do you remember any plants when they go there are on trees their... trees everywhere around there. Yeah, when they like go there. What about when they're um, on their little holiday at the beach? Do you remember... Right, there were plants, plants there too. Yeah, so like, I, like, I'm, did they somehow get wiped out? Did, like, maybe they went back to those areas and they were destroyed because of all the magma and, and right. the, you know, the magma and the earth might have destroyed. Well, at that it's point. a possibility, or maybe like when they say that it's because they're stuck. They're kind of more stuck in that specific area. Oh, they don't really have a choice at they, this point, right? So, like, if they said it like that, like you know, we could go out, but it would take way too long to get to where we need to go. Then I would, I would actually understand that better. So, like. That's one of those unfortunate things where, like, I do wish they kind of... Maybe they will explain it, like, down the road. Um, and I hope they do, because I mean, it's one of those things where I'm kind of like... I feel like now that you've given me kind of, like, this idea, I'm like, oh, okay, well, is it just this area? Is it the entire planet, you know? I mean, can you put magma back into the... Like, can you put that energy back into the planet, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, they don't really explain much there. And so, like, you know, basically Hero makes the decision. The episode basically becomes Hero says he's going to go to space. He's got to be back with Zero Two. Right, because once he realizes where Zero Two's mind is, he realizes he ha- in order to save her, he needs to go, he to, space. go to space. Right. And so they have a uh, way of doing it with some Klaxar ship that was yep. left. And uh, then everybody else who's not pregnant or a father Correct. decides they're going to go too. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, and I, I, and that was the thing I think I really did like about the episode. Like, yeah, it has it has its moments, but overall, I feel like it was trying to get something. I like the connection between Goro and Hero because Goro's like, "Why would you do anything? Why would you do this?" And it's like, in some respects, Hero's like, "Dude, I would love to help you right now, but I can't think of anything else but zero two. Yeah, right? he's kind of like, "I got my own shit." He's like, right. "You always got your own shit." Like we've just been dealing with that for so long. Right. And I was like, "Oh, okay." But, I mean, it's like Goro kind of throws himself at a hero. And, but I think they kind of come to an understanding. I think Goro does realize, like, relying on hero for everything is not fair to hero. Hero is not a god, right? No, for sure. He can't do everything they need, right? You know, so it's like, I think it's that realization. Like, Ichigo kind of comes to that realization, too. I think, because, you know, they do have a quiet moment between Ichigo and Goro. So I don't know if that means anything or... What? Yeah, I assume it means something. I guess, I guess there's one thing we didn't really cover, and that was the, the email that Hachi got from Dr. Franks. You're right. About um, Nana? About Nana. Having her be, like, the mother to all the children sort of thing now. And then also that, like, basically all the kids... We see what happens to Nomi. <laughs> right, because it, cause that was a weird thing. All this time, I thought she was dead. Apparently, she's not dead. No, she's not they, dead. They, they just, just freeze them. They just, like, put them in stasis or something. Yeah, and I don't know if that means that they freeze them with the idea that they'll they'll just wake them up later down the road. Well, what I thought was interesting is it looks like they also had memories, like, saved, that they could re-implant in the people, you know? So. Oh, so you're thinking that's how the Kokoro and Mitsuru get their memories back? Maybe, or, you know, they might break through it like uh, Zero Two and Hero did, you right. know? They, so, did, they did make the blueprint that that could pop. But then oh, I guess we never explained how Hero realized that she was in space, though. And that's because his horns touched her horns. And they, they connected that way. And he could and, see and, what was going and, on. Right, because he, all he saw was space. And he realized what was going on. I guess we should, you know, talk about that. Yeah. You know, because we, we didn't even talk about that part as how he knew. <laughs> Correct. I mean, there's also the, I mean, there's the interesting moment with Nana where, like, you know, Nana's in a wheelchair. I mean, I'm not really sure if there's something wrong with her or if. It's more just... It's a mental thing. It was... She had a mental breakdown because of what had happened in her past. Right. And she kind of over... 
she like broke through their mind control basically. That's what, so she broke right because of the memories they took out, and then her kind of going back and relieving that stress, that trauma. Right, and and Hachi himself is he's always tied to her. So I mean, yeah. I think even when the new Nana shows up, he never really like yeah, he you don't never see with connects. Her. He never wants to be. I think because he wants. No, no, like, well, because he remembers too. Like, if you see, like, you know, he was right. there when all that shit happened with her. Like, she basically fell in love with somebody. Right. He died in war, and she lost her shit. Like, you know, after that, and he was there to like support her and help her out. Right, and it's clear that Doctor Frank's, like, even though they never really explained it, it seems like he's always planned for this. Yeah, down this path. Like, I think he's always kind of realized that this was the path because I don't think he ever necessarily agreed with the with Papa. With Papa, the the mantle or ape or whatever, right? With apes plan to like make humans immortal. I don't think he ever agreed with that because he never made himself immortal. So clearly, he didn't believe it. No, I think he just thought it was a. It was just like a. In his mind, he's probably thinking of like this is just some like stupid path that humanity will take for a while, and then eventually something's gonna break it, and then they're gonna have to go back to the way that things should be, which like like had been mentioned long, you know, Coco had mentioned before. Why can we have children still? And that's the reason why is because he has to plan for that eventuality. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, I think uh, the whole children thing was was Dr. Frank's idea pretty much, you know, in it and maybe not so much on the level of you knew that he was planning this from the beginning. But that's, you know, showing that he had thought about that. Right. You know, how to repopulate, you know, in the case of, you know, a catastrophe or whatever it would have to be. Right, and so I mean, I guess I mean in some respects, you know, I'm like I'm I am interested <laughs> if because I know Zero Two made the comment she can't, but maybe she will be able to after all this stuff happens. Yeah. So overall, this wasn't a bad episode. No, I just thought parts of it were kind of like like the whole cool. Zero Two comatose thing. I don't like that. I think it's dumb. Uh, the mopey hero thing. This whole episode also is just kind of stupid. Um, other than that, the other characters all seem to actually shine more in this episode, which I thought was kind of funny. Right. You know, but it's like, I think we've been, we've been talking about how zero two is kind of like the main star or she's like the part that we really, you know, she, her is one of the big parts we enjoy in the series. Right. So having her out again, you know, or comatose is just kind of a bummer. It's like, man, why you gotta do this? She's one of the lead characters. Like why you always got to put her in a, a far off place, right. you know, and have hero all mopier, you know, he's, he's done this twice now. Like, at least twice where he's been in, she's been away and he's been all like, oh, I don't know what to do, blah, well, blah, blah. I, I think the thing is, from my point of view, is, I mean, I, I think I just disagree because I, I feel like even though, yeah, this this episode has its, it has its moments, I think overall, I don't mind it because I don't mind, I don't really mind Zero Two necessarily not, you know, being there because there is a reason. It's no. not, it's not like she's just comatose just to be comatose. She's comatose because... Really, she's it, off fighting war. Right, she she's <laughs> off fighting war somewhere else. Right, it's and, just weird. Like, why didn't she? Why why didn't she communicate with him or anybody that that was happening? That's the one thing I was like, why didn't she tell somebody what the hell's going on? It's I, that easy. I mean, that would that would have probably made the episode a little bit more. If like maybe Ichigo knew the truth, yeah, she or, couldn't tell. She couldn't tell Hero because Zero Two had said, "Don't just don't tell him the truth about this because it's like he won't understand." Yeah, I wonder. You know. You know, and they show like the story, like oh, you know, she didn't put the last page, and she wants me to write it because she knew that uh, she was gonna go away sometime. And I was like, I'm like, okay, I see the parallels they're trying to draw. I just would really wish that you know it didn't have to be like that to right. me. It just seemed kind of silly and forced, yeah. but and like, that's like, just my opinion. Like I said, it wasn't a bad episode. Um, it actually 
made a lot of sense. A lot of things that connected connected well. I still wish they would tell us why the kids' hairs are changing white. Well, I, that but might come through next episode. I mean, the thing the thing I will say, like I said, as like and as I said before, I really enjoyed this episode. Like, because I feel like this is this is what I wanted. Yeah, like this is the whole time, is, right? The whole time, <laughs> like this is what I felt like they they are capable of. Because when you know someone's capable of something, that's what makes it like harder when you're watching stuff where you you see things that just don't make sense or they don't connect right. Uh, which is which is probably a lot of this has been a lot of the problem with the show. Like for me, is a lot. Of, there's a lot of connection problems. It also has helped that like, I think I mentioned this before, but I've been watching My Hero Academia like right before because uh, where we are like it comes out like My Hero Academia comes out at, like five or something like yeah. time in the morning, and then so I watch that and then I watch Dark of the Franks like later on in that morning, uh, and I realized that maybe seeing there's a dynamic there because there's a dynamic when something's written well um, and it's working really well uh, versus something that like for whatever reason like you know that everyone who's who's good is writing they're writing they can do it because there are moments where it shines brilliantly it's just you're just looking for that you know you're looking to get that the whole way through well so. yeah I think it's kind of unfair to compare these two as well like this is a uh, a new series. My Hero Academia has been around for what three? This is the third oh, no, season. No, 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 no. I, I, but I can understand if you're watching something and you're like loving how it's turning out, and then you watch this back to back with it. I can see how that would kind of skew how you feel about it. No, as and, well. and I, I realized I thought about it. I, was like, I bet you that's probably the other part of my problem is it's it's in some respects it's almost hurting me to watch the two back to back. Like I probably should have been like, I'll watch one, one day and one the other day. So that I kind of give them some space from each other. Yes. Um, just in this, just in hindsight, like I, I was thinking about it. Cause I was like, I don't know why I have such vitriol against it. Cause again, overall there's nothing really wrong with Tony and the Franks. It's just not as good as, you know, I'm hoping it would be. There, that, there that, is that, stuff that is wrong with it. Let's not, let's not, but you know, it's part of our disappointment is I feel like, uh, I think it's because we were so hyped for it. Yeah, and, and we can talk about that later. Yeah, no, no. But this week, this week episode, not yeah. bad. Some good, good connectors, and everything. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Yep. But uh, we only got a couple episodes left, and we'll wrap it up on the Franks, man. Woo! Or the Franks? Or the Franks? The Franks? Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll be doing that going forward. Um, now, if anybody's got any comments or feedback about anything we talked about this episode. You can reach out to us through multiple ways. Uh, email, emails at crazysunshinepodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at crazysunpod. Send us a DM there. Uh, Facebook.com slash Podcast. You can send us a message there, post to our board. Uh, and for everything else, check out the website, crazysunshinepodcast.com. And anime is almost done. We've got a few more days in June. So, you know, see if you can reply to those questions we listed for previous episodes. They're available on our Facebook page. They're available so, in our, our Twitter feed. What episodes are they in, though? Uh, I believe they're episodes, what, 139 to 141 or something of that nature? Hold on. And is it listed somewhere? 139 to 142. Okay. And the questions have all been posted on Facebook. Okay. So just look through the Facebook feed. You'll see them on our Facebook page. All right. And they've been also been posted to Twitter, so you probably just have to scroll back. Um but we did use the hashtag pound CSP dash anime, A-N-I-M-A-Y right. for the month of May. So if you want to reply, use that hashtag. We still have a little time to get everyone in. Um, and then we'll be handing out some, you know, send some T-shirts out and whatnot. So, uh, hey, free T-shirt. Check it out. <laughs> right. 
I would get it. I would get in there and really give it a shot. <coughs> yeah, for you know, if, if this, hopefully we'll have this out before June, July. But uh, you know, it's really pushing here. But you know, hey, you know, check it out, and we will, uh, you know, announce the winners and send out some t-shirts. Um, Johnny, do you have any final comments, final thoughts, sir? Oh, if you haven't watched Watakoi, you should. What? Watakoi? Watakoi? It's on otaku. Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, otaku. <coughs> Love right. is an otaku is hard, I think, is what it is. Yeah, it's, uh, I'm not caught up on it in any sort of way. Oh, it's good. But I've enjoyed the pieces that I have seen of it. Um, and I'm, I plan on watching it again. Uh, you know, new season starting pretty soon. Yep. So we should have a summer preview episode coming up shortly. We just have to discuss which one we're going to make it in. <laughs> I'm not sure if it'll be next week or if it'll be uh, the week after, but, but it'll be shortly. So yeah. stay tuned for that, guys. All right. If you have any, uh, but like I said, any questions, feedback, send us to those. And other than that, uh, keep watching anime. And we'll talk to you soon. All right.